0: November 7th, 1999, I was in the St. Elizabeth Hospital with Marita the day after Ethan was born, and the phone rang. However, the call was not a congratulation for our new child, but rather the voice at the other end told me that my dad was in the hospital and had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. We were told that 5% of those diagnosed with pancreatic cancer live for two years, 2% live for five, the rest die within a year. I can't even imagine what it must be like to be the one sitting in the hospital bed being given a death sentence by a doctor. And yet, in our family, it's happening again. Marita's dad having a different form of cancer, and yet the prognosis has essentially been the same. Both my father and her father have chosen to take the approach that they were going to fight for life, and they've started doing all kinds of things, looking into medical issues and also even more natural means, taking supplements and juicing and all that kind of stuff. They've decided that they wanted to cling to life. And as I think about that, I begin to wonder, we're Christians with the hope of heaven. Is it something we should do? Or not? If it is, why? Then I read Philippians chapter 1, Philippians chapter 1, beginning at verse 18. Philippians chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, about halfway through that verse, Paul says, Philippians 1.18, Yes, and I will rejoice. Paul did, in fact, cling to life. He hung on to life here on this earth. But I think we need to notice why. There was a good reason for clinging. And there was a reason for which we should not cling to life. I'd like for us to examine that this morning, just briefly. But before we do, would you bow with me in prayer? Almighty God and Father in heaven, we lift you up and praise your name because you are awesome and powerful beyond our imagination. Your mercy and grace leaves us in awe and wonder as we realize how undeserving we are. We are so thankful that you allow us to be a part of your plan. Even though we have sinned, fallen short of your glory, you've forgiven us by the blood of your Son, and you allow us to carry your message to others. You allow us to serve others and lift them up. You allow us to glorify You. And we are humbled and thankful. Father, help us to cling to life, but only for the reasons that will glorify You. Help us not to be enamored with the world and the things of it. But help us to honor and glorify You in our lives and in our deaths. Father, we praise you because you are awesome. We love you and we thank you for loving us. Through your Son we pray. Amen. I want you to notice what he said there in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 21. He said, For to me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Paul was clinging to life, but the thing that we need to recognize is that he was not clinging to life. For personal gain, because to him, personal gain would have been death. He says in verse 23, I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better, far better for me, he's saying. You see, Paul was clinging to life, and he wasn't clinging to life because there were places that he wanted to go and people that he wanted to meet. Paul was not clinging to life because there were entertainments that he had yet to enjoy. Paul was not clinging to life because he was going to miss his family or his house or his savings account. Paul was not Paul wasn't clinging to life for any of those reasons. In fact, he said as far as that goes, death would be better. Paul understood something. He recognized that there was something better reserved for him after death. First Peter chapter one, beginning at verse three, he says. This is first Peter chapter one, beginning at verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. He understood that He had an inheritance waiting for Him, something undefiled, unfading, imperishable, something amazing, something better, Than this life. Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. Paul there himself said, Romans 8 and verse 18, For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And Paul had suffered. Paul had been beaten. Paul had been in prison. And he said, Something is coming that's better than all that, that makes it all worth it. See, Paul recognized if he remained in this life, it was going to be continued trial continued temptation, continued struggles, continued persecutions, continued problems. But if he left this life, it was going to be peace. Just as Jesus' story of Lazarus and the rich man said in Luke chapter 16 and verse 22, the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. let just look at life and all that we have to put up with here. And imagine how glorious it will be to be comforted in Abraham's bosom. And Paul saw that. Because of that, he didn't cling to life for personal gain. It's not wrong to cling to life. It's good to cling to life. but, But let's not cling to life because of our personal gain. Let's not cling to life because we fear death. Death wasn't the mystery hereafter to Paul. Paul knew it was coming because he believed God. And he believed that Jesus had died for his sins. So we can cling to life, but, but let's not do it for personal gain. Because of all the things we're afraid we'll miss out on down here if we were to die. But I want you to notice that there in that same verse in Corinthians 1 and verse 21, he said, for to me, uh, to live is Christ. You see what he's saying? He clung to life to further the cause of Jesus Christ. He didn't cling to life for his own personal gain. He clung to life for Christ's gain. It's interesting, if you look at the Psalms repeatedly at times, you'll see psalmists that are crying out because they believe they're at the point of death. And as they cry out to God, they don't say, God, please save me because I just don't want to die. They didn't say, God, please save me because, well, I haven't got to see this or I haven't got to do that repeatedly. it said, God, please deliver me because if I die, who's going to praise you? Look in Psalm 6. Psalm 6. The sixth Psalm, verse 4 and 5 David says, "'Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of Your steadfast love, for in death there is no remembrance of You. In Sheol, who will give You praise?' As we look at these, it's possible, as some folks say, that in the Old Testament David didn't have a full understanding of the afterlife." But I really think his point is not just that who's going to give you praise, but it's the idea that in the grave, the praise is not going to do you any good. It's not going to cause anybody else to turn to your path. It's not going to cause anybody else to know your glory. It's not going to change them so that they can repent. If I die, nobody else is going to be helped to glorify you. Look in Psalm 30. Psalm 30. This time verse 8. Psalm 30 and verse 8. Again, this is David. He says, To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. What profit is there in my death? If I go down to the pit, will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me, O Lord, be my helper. You see what he says? Will will the dust tell of your faithfulness? And again, we see that idea. It's not just... Well, I don't understand the afterlife. It's the fact that once my body goes to dust, nobody else is going to hear of your faithfulness from me. Let's look at one more Psalm 88. Psalm 88. Beginning at verse 9. This time it's Heim and the Ezraite says, Every day, Psalm 88 and verse 9, Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave, or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness, or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? Once again, he says, I'm clean to life, because if you let me go down to the pit, who's going to be able to hear from me about your faithfulness and your wonderful love? All three of these psalms they're clinging to life, but why so they can praise God before others, so they can tell others about god's wonderful faithfulness and steadfast love they're saying, "Give me a little more time to let folks know about you, not cleaning to life for personal gain, but clinging to life to further the cause of Christ. But then as we look again in Philippians chapter 1, we see another side of Paul's desire to live. He says in verse 24, But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Paul did cling to life, but not for personal gain. He clung to life in order to serve others. He clung to life so that others might have gain. He clung to life, he said, listen, death is better for me. He said, I'd rather die and go be with Jesus. But for me to stay in the world is better for you. What a sacrifice that is. I mean, think what Paul already recognized about how great dying would be. About the peace that he would have and the joy and the comfort and with the Lord. And he said, in order to serve you, I'll give that up for a while. To stay with you and help you have it when you die. He clung the life to serve others. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 says, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10 As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks, as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. It's about serving others. Look in Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Verse 1, it says in Romans 15 and verse 1, We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself. You see what our lives are supposed to be about? It's supposed to be about helping others. Not about having our own benefit, but about getting out and building others up. And Paul says, that's why I'm staying around. That's why I'll cling to life to be able to serve others and lift them up and strengthen them with the strength that God has given, so that God might be glorified. Don't cling to life for personal gain, but so that the cause of Christ might be furthered and so that others might be served. A few years ago, Tim McGraw came out with a song one of the few country songs worth listening to. Live Like You Were Dying. Everybody knows that song, right? About the guy who found out that he had cancer, and he said, well, what did you do? And he goes on and talks about all the things that he did, because now he finally realized how important it all was. And I think that's a great song, and I really like the sentiment. And there are some, some spiritual lessons we can learn from that as we, as we would talk about that principle of, of live like you were dying. But I have to tell you, from my own experience, as I've seen... Other folks get that death sentence and how they responded to it. Far too often, those kind of, of, of death sentence changes are not very long lived. You know, very initially, they'll, they'll jump on track and they will go skydiving and they will, uh, you know, give forgiveness they've been denying and they will uh, love a little deeper and talk a little sweeter for a little while. And then. Because so many of them are only doing it as a manipulative tool to try to convince God to go ahead and live and live a little bit longer. If the sickness just hangs on, they what's the point? And they just go back to the way they were before. Or others, or that something really does happen. They, they, things get better and the sickness goes away or it was a misdiagnosis or whatever. And, and once that death sentence kind of just becomes the norm and they're just used to it, it just kind of slips right back into the, the same old, same old, the way we always used to be. Basically, what I found is if we're going to try to change at the 11th hour, it's not always something that sticks. But I want you to notice this about Paul. You see, Paul didn't suddenly get to this point where he might die and say, you know what? I want to hang around so I can further the cause of Christ. He didn't suddenly get to the point where he might die and say, you know, if you just give me a little more time, I'll start serving others. Before Paul ever even got to the point to where he was clean to life, when life was just going on as normal, those were the two things Christ's life were already about. So it was merely natural when he received the death sentence to say, I want to stick around longer because this is what my life is about. See, there's very few of us here this morning that are clinging to life. For most of us, life is just going on as normal. But but who knows when it will be for us? Who knows when that death sentence will come for us? Who knows if we'll even have time to think about it? But in those moments, if we even remotely want God to look at our lives and decide to extend them, we need to have had lives that were worth extending. We need to have had lives that were about Christ's cause. That were about serving others. And you know, it's, it's very ironic. It's almost a paradox. The reality is, when we have that right attitude at that point, if God decided not to extend our lives, it wouldn't bother us. At least not for ourselves. And that's kind of the interesting thing. We cling to life as though death is the worst thing that could possibly happen. But not for faithful Christians. In fact, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 13 says, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 13, I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this. Bless are the dead who die in the Lord from now on? Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. Let's look forward to that rest. But before that rest is going to be anything to us, we have to be laboring now. Cling to life. Cling to it. Hang on to it. But please don't do it for your own personal gain. Do it for the cause of Christ. Do it for the others that are around us who need strength and help. And then when we finally hit that moment where we can no longer cling to life, we'll be ready to rest from our wings.